Last time on 30 and Nerdy. Alright, final night of DC Fandemonium. Part 1, I guess. This has been a five-night event for just part one, and I am excited. If you haven't gotten Neil Gaiman's audiobook to Sandman on Audible, what are you waiting for? The voice cast is absolutely phenomenal. I am extremely excited for Shazam. Sinbad should be in it. If I don't know if the panel had him on as a joke or, or whatever, but Sinbad needs to be in the next Shazam Zone movie. of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your host and Duke of Nerds, leader of the Nerd World Order, uh, Tyler Mack. I want to thank you for joining. If you are back uh, again this week with us, thank you for coming back. If you're joining for the first time, welcome, welcome. You can follow along with the conversation Using hashtag 30 and nerdy pod, that's 30 and nerdy pod on Twitter. Uh, we love to hear from people, so please follow along with the conversation. Uh, this week we have got a nice little episode finishing up the trilogy that has been the Stream Wars, started way back when. In season one. So, we've got a lot to unpack. There's a lot to talk about in this final episode. So why don't we get to the show? DJ Mike Howie, take us in. It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your host, Tyler Mack. <laughs> Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions, and Ashley Lodge Photography. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation by using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find the show in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email the show at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Now get ready to nerd out with your host, the Sweet Tea of the Nerdy South, your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome. This is the 30 Nerdy Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Mack. Thank you for tuning in. 
Thank you for returning for another episode. If you're here for the first time, uh, don't be shy. Don't be scared. This is this is a podcast of acceptance and fun and enlightenment and entertainment and education and just all-around nerd culture. So, you are most welcome to stay. While you're staying, hope you'll take the time to to reach out to us. Uh, if, if you are here for a first time, let us know how you heard about the podcast. Did you just come across it? Did you see it in an ad on Facebook? Did someone tell you to tune in? Let me know. I love to hear how people have come across this podcast. Now, I haven't talked about this. It happened last week. But we are trending, trending, charting uh, in the top 200 under the TV and film genre of podcasts in the U.S. at number 178 on Chartable. I am so thankful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That means so much. Uh, I can. I plan on continuing to even cl- to climb even higher. Um, not as well not stop there trying to take over the world baby uh and and establish the nerd world order as something more than just a podcast so thank you so much for all the subscriptions the listens the shares the downloads everything it means the world a huge shout out to pakistan because 30 nerdy podcast is number four in pakistan on the charts so huge shout out to pakistan uh, thank you for tuning in, no matter what corner of the world you are from. Um, it, it's just been, it's been nice. It's been nice to know that no matter what changes go on at the show, people are continuing to listen to the show. And new people are tuning in and staying. And, and I'm very thankful. And in times like these, when... You know, we're in the pandemic and some of us are quarantined and some of us are not working and some people are suffering. It's good to know that the podcast world is going on and and causing an, an escape for some people during these trying times. And it's also very good to know that just a l- little bit each week, of, of of talking into a microphone is 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 going places to people's ears and I hope that in this time it is it is uplifting and I hope that it's educational and entertaining and I hope it's just even if it's just for an hour or so uh, it brightens your day that's all I can hope for so last week uh, I discussed Night five, I finished up my five-night DC Fandemonium event, and uh, that I mean that's just night one. There is a night two, which actually, as you're listening to this, um, as I'm recording it, actually is tomorrow. Uh, so that's very exciting. Uh, cannot wait to see what else comes out. If we get any new news or trailers or teasers or something like that, 
I'm I'm excited, and that will continue DC Fandomonium even more at the 30 and 30 podcast next week. I also have a second show uh, with the Rev of Rance himself, my brother from another mother, Logan the Rev Roach. Uh, We have a spinoff show called The Road So Far. We have been, we started at the pilot, and we have been going through Supernatural, uh, CW's hit show that is sadly about to end in its 15th season. They are in their final days, hours maybe, of shooting the the penultimate finale. Um, the way it's kind of broken up is, look at it as a two-part finale, the second to last episode is apparently a finale to season 15 and the last episode is apparently a fully, um, the way they've worded it, beautiful wrap-up to the whole show. So I am completely in a weird box of emotions because... This show has has meant a lot to not just me, but to, to the Rev. And I know to many, many people in the nerd, Nerdiverse out there, um, like our dear friend from TikTok, Claire, uh, I know uh, this, is, uh, this is going to be a sad one when it comes around. But we will get through this together, and hopefully that spinoff show, The Road So Far which is on this platform. It, it pops up in the 30 and Nerdy podcast as bonus episodes, and that's free of charge. They are not Patreon exclusive. So please, I hope if you're a Supernatural fan, if you're not, it's also an educational moment. Um, we have been going two episodes at a time from the pilot, and we just dropped uh, the second episode, which was Dead in the Water and Phantom Traveler. Next week, we will drop the next episode which will be all about the bloody mary episode and skin those two episodes we're enjoying it and i hope that you'll tune in and uh it's it's been a huge shout out to the rev uh i've thoroughly enjoyed it brother and i can't wait to continue going down the road so far so carry on nerds um well I want to uh, let you listen here to the pod promo of the week from another favorite podcast of mine that is in my weekly rotation, and it should be in yours, especially if you're a nerd. Uh, don't know why you wouldn't be listening to them. Let's have a listen. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedic take on all forms of entertainment, such as movies, music, video games, television, and much more. So put your shades on and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Shades on. We're on. I love the uh, um, the Super Media Bros because uh, they're charismatic. I love the characters that they've kind of given themselves. Uh, I love the '80s vibe. I highly recommend their show. 
Uh, if you're not listening to it, then you definitely should. Uh, speaking to some other uh, podcast friends, big shout out to the ODPH, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Been enjoying the shows. Very excited for the football season, uh, with whatever that may include. Um, if you don't know much about me personally outside of the nerd world, I go to every home Tennessee college football game. Uh, we've had season tickets, the same season tickets since my dad was like four or five, uh, so they've been in the family. And uh, I, I have to say this about football. There are a lot of variables going into the season for season ticket holders, and I want to enjoy the game, so if they ask you to wear a mask, please put on a freaking mask so we can watch football. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. You cannot complain about masks and then get a football season. You have to mask up and do what they're saying if you want to go to a football game or even have a football season. And I hope that the season's enjoyable. Uh, there, are, Like I said, there are a lot of variables going into the Tennessee College uh, football season, uh, whether it be you have to arrive two hours early if you're a season ticket holder, you're entered into a lottery to even see if you get to go this year. Um, there will be no concessions. Obviously, they don't allow food and drink in the stadium from outside. No tailgating. So there's a lot of variables that could take the fun away. So it's going to be an interesting football year. But I, I'm talking about the ODPH because we are doing a fun little uh, competition in the pro football world. Uh, with ODPH and a bunch of other podcast groups. So very excited about that. I know that Padawan J at ODPH is talking a lot of trash. He's apparently the the reigning defending champion in this. This is our first time as a show being a part of this. So I'm very excited. Huge shout out to you all. Uh, Love the two newest episodes about breaking down the AFC and the NFC. Uh, Very helpful, uh, especially for... Those of us who, as a football fan, we may not be the the best at having our finger to the pulse in the off season, and you guys definitely have been that for me. So very thankful to that. It helped me a lot in the, my fantasy draft with my older brother and the people in our. Uh, it helped a lot. So um, let's uh, get to get to getting here. Let's get the road on the show. Um, I want to uh, also just remind you all about, before we get started here, I want to remind you all about all our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Check out the website uh, at least once a week because it's always changing uh, with news. That's 30andnerdypodcast.com. Check out podchaser.com. Huge shout out to everybody that has been leaving reviews on each individual episode at podchaser.com. That's where you can find us, along with a bunch of our other independent podcast friends, like the Super Media Bros, like the ODPH. Uh, you just look for the playlists, Pod Nation or The Apocalypse. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit more uh, at the end of the show. So, I, I don't want to um, spend too much more time uh, on DC, but I bet there. But I do have a thought. Uh, this is going to be technically, you know, I did a 
few segments called Random on Random, and uh, this is going to be more of a random conversation, and it's not totally random because I've been talking so much about DC, but doing those DC episodes made me realize, uh, and doing some digging on, 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 on the net, on the intranet, um, I've started to realize that so much can change in a year. Um, in mid-2019, think about this. Uh, Marvel was coming off the back of an unparalleled one, two, three combo of Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man Far From Home, and uh, Kevin Feige's wave of San Diego Comic-Con announcements. Um, and those teased everything from Black Panther 2 to the X-Men and the MCU. And honestly, by contrast, DC had very little in the pipeline. The company's slate was directionless at best, uh, save for the gamble of an R-rated Joker movie and a Wonder Woman sequel that we still uh, have yet to get because of COVID. Fast forward 12 months, and it's DC and Warner Bros. who have navigated the choppy waters of the pandemic and the shutdowns and... uh, but DC has never been in a better position to overtake the all-conquering Marvel. If not at the box office, then at least in the hearts and minds of the fans, I think. Um, and it all started with Joker. Uh, while making a billion dollars and picking up Oscar nominations certainly helped, it was director Todd Phillips' stubborn position to make a standalone movie that only required a surface-level understanding of the character that proved its crucial selling point. Um, Marvel, connecting every MCU installment to each other in a mega tapestry, may be a very genius marketing tactic, though it comes with an increasingly impenetrable entry point. With Joker, DC showed that they were willing to embrace one-shot movies that do not plant seeds for future franchises. It was one and done. For now, I know there's rumors, but it should be one and done for Joker. And everyone can see it, regardless of whether they have watched Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, or Suicide Squad, or any other past DC film. Um, Joker and DC's Black Label series of standalones now offer filmmakers, um, when needed, uh, to open up a different well of ideas, uh, working alongside the... um, Versioning DCEU, it's hard to see this scenario as anything other than a resounding success. Uh, one that, uh, to either play in DC's little sandpit or build another sandpit. <laughs> uh, it's worth noting, too, that the DCEU has increased exponentially, uh, with Marvel already unveiling its slate and then being forced into practically radio silence thanks to the pandemic. DC has had a free run at building itself back up again, and I'm telling you, it's it's done it. Um, we have release dates for Aquaman 2, Shazam 2, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, Black Adam, The Flash, news of a third Wonder Woman movie. It all amounts to a DCEU that finally adds the U to it. Uh, this is a varied uh, universe filled with... Uh, Huge box office successes, surefire successes like Aquaman, uh, 
some weird adventures that that are sure to be a success like James Gunn's Suicide Squad genuine uh, mega masters like uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam and even possible nostalgia brownie points from The Flash um, I think it's curious case of the Snyder Cut that perhaps best proves DC is changing with the turbulent times far better than its competition not only is the do-over a director's cut of Justice League that will be very different than Josh Whedon's 2017 version, um, a, a very well-measured mea culpa, if you will, uh, proves that fans, not executives, are making decisions now. It may cynically have been a way for the studio to add a killer movie or show, depending on the outcome, uh, to new HBO Max streaming service, but it also garnered depending on, you know, I guess your mentality, um, it, it garnered a, a lot of goodwill from a vocal minority. Uh, the importance of that moving forward, as well as capturing another older demographic with the return of Keaton's Batman, uh, uh, it, it, it cannot understate this. Uh, these series of movies and forward-thinking and fan-pleasing decisions have built up the crescendo uh, of DC's fandom. Um, it was described as the ultimate 24-hour experience, uh, and it presented a slate of upcoming projects across TV, film, games, everything. Not only will it have separate areas to, uh, to showcase fan work as well, but it also showed the culmination of DC's new cultivated inclusive spirit. And I think that's very important, especially in the the temperature of today's world. Um, it, it it's for the it was for the fans, and um, it, and unlike uh, this year's San Diego Comic Con, it carried a real intensity. Um, and uh, improvement and positivity. Uh, but since its resurgence, uh, it, it bolstered by concrete box office results and um, theoretical anticipation for what's to come. Uh, DC has now kind of become the hot ticket in town with a broad uh, church that covers all of its bases. Um, the response from Marvel for now has been silence. Black Widow, um, it could break a billion, probably will, and that's great in turbulent times like this, but a lot could be said for Phase 4 kick kicking off with a prequel of sorts, and then taking a very calculated risk, yes, calculated, but still a huge risk on Shang-Chi and the Eternals. DC is instead being very proactive, I think, uh, building on its successes. Uh, could it be primed to uh, reverse its fortunes? Potentially, um, at the very least, I think that Marvel has a severe much more fierce competition in the years to come 
and I just wanted to to touch base on on that that reality of it again. And like I said, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spend too much more time on DC Fandom until night two uh, happens. Uh, so there'll be more of that next week. But that's just a little random food for thought. Think about that. Um, what the pandemic has done for DC and the silence that has come out of Marvel. Now, I have uh, I have the Marvel's Avengers video game. I do enjoy it. Um, if you... Um, have it on Xbox One, uh, please uh, add me. It's a uh, T to capital T space M A C eight one seven. Love to um, get with. Uh, love to play with some of y'all. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a huge story. Um, I'm shocked that how many hours I've already put into it, and not even halfway there. Uh, so yeah. Um, I mean, the best we got out of the pandemic from Marvel is the video game, and even though I enjoy it, it's, it's you know, there's going to be a lot of people say, and, and I just want to say this about it, uh, there are a lot of MCU fanboys and fanatics that are were upset with it, whether it be like, oh, it's not our MCU characters, or let me tell you something, if you want RDJ... Scarlett Johansson, um, Chris Evans. If you want them in a video game, do you know how much likeness rights you have to pay alone before you're even creating the video game? Think about how much RDJ's likeness and voice would cost. Just him. So why are you complaining? You've got a Marvel video game. One that's arguably better than the most recent Ultimate Alliance release. So... Um, just just a little food for thought. Uh, so um, I want to talk about uh, some binge-worthy things going on right now. Uh, I have started again watching through Letterkenny on Hulu, and uh, I will tell you it's rated R. So children, uh, be advised. What I love about these is is it's Canadian. It's absolutely hilarious. Um. And they're short episodes, short seasons. So it's easy to get through it pretty quickly. Um, I am, for instance, I started my watch through again a few days ago. And I'm already on season four. So uh, pretty quick. Um, and you can get it done. And you can get it over with uh, within a week or so. And uh, it's just absolutely hilarious. It's It's opened up a whole world of new phrases and quotable lines that me and the Rev definitely quote constantly back and forth to each other uh, these days. And uh, one of those, I wanted to make uh, a nerdcabulary word. I'm also going to be throwing in some Letterkenny uh, phraseology uh, in some of these episodes. And... um, just to kind of educate you and enlighten you. And this first one I want to talk about is uh, your 10-ply, bud. And it uh, obviously talks about, that's kind of hinting towards like how soft toilet paper is. 10-ply would be very soft. Um, it means you're soft or weak. So, uh, yeah, uh, your 10-ply, bud. Very funny, very, very funny. Uh, use that to somebody in your, uh, in your walk 
through life this week and see how they react. Uh, the other thing that's binge-worthy, the boys released the first three episodes of season two, and again, very rated R, uh, but absolutely amazing. It has got me so excited for what season two will have to offer um, from the characters that we grew to love in season one, and some new characters that we are being introduced to, some that are very intense, and you're kind of already like, what are they going to add to the story? Um, so it's very, it's very good. Uh, those are two things that I would definitely say are binge worthy in your time at home. Letter Kenny, which is on Hulu and Amazon primes, the boys, both very rated R, uh, and both very, very, very good shows. So, uh, let's get to our nerdly news with Barry Nerdington after a word from one of our sponsors. Dirty and Dirty Podcast is brought to you by Encore Theatrical Company. In 2006, a group of actors, musicians, educators, and theater artists came together to discuss the state of performing arts in the Lakeway area. They began to identify the need for a reputable performing arts company that would provide quality entertainment and arts education for audiences and artists alike. They set out to improve the quality of life in our community to produce exciting plays and musicals, and to promote the performing arts in our region. Encore Theatrical Company believes in the power of the arts. Through live performances and educational programs, they provide quality entertainment by creating opportunities for the artistic minds in our region to exercise, nurture, and grow their talents. By cultivating and promoting the performing arts, They will improve the quality of life in the Lakeway area. You can find Encore Theatrical Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and see what's going on at etcplays.com where it's not just theater, it's Encore. Good day. I'm Barry Nerdington, and this is your Nerdly News, where we report and you decide. DC's fandom Warner Brothers Comic-Con Alternative garnered 22 million global views from over 220 countries and territories in 24 hours via their player, influencer live streams, and user-generated content created by fans watching the event company announced on Wednesday additionally 115 million views of trailer content launched from the event dominated YouTube and Twitter trends during the broadcast DC fandom which covered the upcoming slate of Warner Media films television shows games publishing and consumer products trended in 82 markets on YouTube and 53 markets on Twitter global fan reactions were overwhelmingly positive 99 percent positive social sentiment to be exact lisa gregorian warner brothers television group chief marketing officer and blair rich president of worldwide marketing at warner bros originated the idea together to dc fandom and discussed with the rap how it came about the concept originated because we knew comic-con was going to get canceled 
and we really had been working on some other stuff together, and said, wouldn't it be amazing if we created a fan-centric event that was global and worked together across our divisions and other divisions to make this happen, said Gregorian. Productions were shut down, and literally, like many parts of the world, we were shut down at the company as well. Blair and I were having these conversations, and along with hundreds of other employees who were working from home, who were meeting for the first time virtually and collectively working with one another during the entire summer on putting the immense project together. In its launched War Table stream, Square Enix opened the showcase with a tribute to the Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman, explaining that they have altered what they are showing now out of respect to his memory. You can see the full sequence that played out at SquareEnix.com. Instead, Kate Bishop was announced as the next character to join the roster ahead of Hawkeye later this year, with the two arriving as part of Marvel's Avengers' first new major story update, which will be free to anyone who owns a copy of the base game itself. It's unclear now when Black Panther is expected to join Earth's Mightiest Heroes and when we can expect his amend, amended reveal in the future, but I think we can all agree that this was the right move for Square Enix and a graceful way to pay respects to the man who made King T'Challa mean so much to so many. Hot on the heels of Marvel characters appearing in the popular game Fortnite, the comic publisher has announced the world of Fortnite will bleed over into the various comic books variant covers this September and October. The Fortnite-Marvel crossover began when Donny Cates and Nick Klein's current Thor story arc popped up in-game earlier in August, with a 10-page story by Cates and artist Greg Land, which will be reprinted in September 30th Fantastic Four number 24. The game has been going strong with the Marvel crossover in an event dubbed Nexus War, and this Fortnite Marvel crossover appears to be ongoing with Marvel saying in a press release, be sure to keep your eyes peeled in Marvel Comics to catch hints of where these characters will go and return from next. There is a list of 13 comics that are up from Marvel Fortnite crossover variants, and you can find that list on 30 and Nerdy Podcast's Facebook page. Twitch's watch parties function rolled out to everyone this week, giving streamers and their subscribers around the world the ability to watch Amazon's library of movies and TV shows together. It's not just for families. As long as everyone has an Amazon Prime account, a streamer can now host a public movie viewing with all of their fans. Watch parties have taken off in general over the last few months as people stuck at home figure out ways to make watching TV shows and movies more social and interactive. Unlike apps like Scener, which allows people to stream Netflix, Disney Plus, and HBO titles with friends in the United States, Twitch's Watch Parties is specifically built for Amazon Prime Video. Watch Party is currently not available on mobile devices, but Twitch is working on it and expects to roll out said feature in the coming months. The move comes amid recent reports that non-gaming content is outperforming gaming content on Twitch. Twitch first started slowly rolling out Watch Party to some streamers in October of 2019. Amazon also rolled out a Watch Party feature directly to Amazon Prime Video subscribers in June. For people who wanted to have parties, Watch Parties with friends and family, although 
The function will soon be available globally. Licensing complications brought on by geographical locations will affect what viewers see. For example, shows that are licensed to Amazon Prime Video in the United Kingdom, like Star Trek Picard, aren't available in the United States on Amazon Prime Video. Picard lives exclusively on CBS All Access. If a UK streamer is playing an episode, a viewer in the US will not be able to watch the episode, even if they're using their Prime account. It is unclear just how many streamers and viewers in the United States have used this feature since the beta was rolled out on Twitch. Still, Watch Parties is another way for Amazon to continue cross-promoting both of its products and keeping people inside its ecosystem. Peyton Reed takes clear pride in the fact that 2018's Ant-Man and Wasp was the Marvel Cinematic Universe's first project to feature a female superhero in its title. That joint billing and screen time, Reed tells Yahoo Entertainment in a new interview, was not an anomaly. They are a partnership, and she's a very, very important part of that, Reed says of the Wasp, a.k.a. Hope Van Dyne, played in Ant-Man in 2015, and its follow-up by lost veteran actress Evangeline Lilly, opposite Paul Rudd's Scott Lang. And that was a very gratifying thing. I guess technically we were the first Marvel movie with a female hero in the title. Finding that balance in the movie, that's very important to me, because it's very much a men's playing field historically. But what's really, really changing now in a great way, the director shares of his Ant-Man 3 preparations. This came as a surprise to many fans after Lily's odd social media comments and presence in the early days of the global pandemic, when she claimed the social distancing guidelines and early official claims were against our rights and even claimed it to be a hoax at first. She wound up realizing her error not too long after that and issued a formal apology on all her social media. Star Wars actor John Boega has criticized Disney for the treatment of his character in the franchise, particularly in comparison to his white co-stars, who says were given all the nuances. In a new interview with GQ magazine, Boega reflected on his time playing Finn as he spoke about Disney's marketing of the character and the way he actually was portrayed. He felt the marketing portrayed him as more important to the saga than he actually became. Some of Boega's words were about how he would want them to learn the lesson not to cast a person of color, market them to be big, and underutilize them in a long run of a story. It just sets a bad precedent. The actor also acknowledged how other people of color in the cast suffered the same situations. He claimed that many others were sidelined to give their white co-stars more nuance. They seemed to know what to do with Ridley and Driver. But stars like Kelly Tran, Naomi Aki, or himself wound up taking a massive backseat creatively. He also claimed that Disney and Ad Daisy and Adam both knew this to be true and were very understanding and supportive of his opinions. He also stated, What they want me to say is I had so much fun being part of this universe, blah, 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 blah. But I will say it when it's true. Ahead of Army of the Dead's 2021 release, Netflix has already started to expand Zack Snyder's zombie universe as they officially commissioned the production of two new spin-off projects in form of an untitled multi-language prequel film and an original anime series titled Army of the Dead, Lost Vegas.
The untitled prequel will be directed by Matthias Schwafferhager and will follow his character Ludwig Dieter. The movie will be produced by Deborah and Zack Snyder along with a big team of popular producers in Zack's circle. Las Vegas will follow Dave Bautista's character Scott while he and his team tackle the source of the zombie outbreak. Social media exploded in cries of Galactus, the planet-consuming Marvel villain recently, when news spread of a heartbeat being detected in a mysterious cosmic gas cloud 15,000 light-years away from Earth in the system designated S-433. The cloud, which is otherwise unremarkable, seems to be breathing along with the rhythm of a neighboring black hole. As such, they appear to be connected to each other. It's not clear on how exactly the gamma ray heartbeat of the cloud can be connected to the black hole, which lies 100 light years away, while the actual science behind that might be causing the mysterious heartbeat is less fantastical than a world-eating villain out of comic books. The mysterious heartbeat is still very interesting, but at the same time on par with news from 2020. The Walking Dead is officially ending after its 11th season. Season 11 will be a supersized 24-episode farewell tour, so to speak, with its airing beginning in the fall of 2021. It will span through the fall into the winter and will come to an end in 2022. It is unclear whether it will be broken into three parts with eight episodes or two parts with 12 episodes each. Following the conclusion of the flagship show, a spinoff centered around Norman Reedus' Daryl Dixon and Melissa McBride's Carol will go into production. Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang will run the Carol and Daryl spinoff. There is also going to be a Tales from the Walking Dead spinoff anthology series that will follow many different characters in each episode exploring pockets of the Walking Dead universe which have been left undiscovered. That's the end of your nerdly news. I'm Barry Nerdington signing off. More 30 and Nerdy will return after a brief word from our sponsors. From us here at Advertising Expressions, we want you to know that we hope that you and yours have been well amid this pandemic. We have been blessed to have survived ourselves and realize that here in Morristown, it can be hard to keep things rolling in times like these. Therefore, whether you are a business that has closed and are looking to reopen, a business that has crawled through this time fighting for the next breath, or maybe you are a business that has done better in this time, we want to help you. See, our business is to promote yours and we strive to do that by getting your name in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are giving you 19% off new quotes that may result in orders of $190 or more. Use the promo code NERDRONA19, that's N-E-R-D, R-O-N-A-1-9. You can find us at 2103 Morningside Drive in Morristown, Tennessee, or contact us at 423-586-3270. The stream wars continue, nerds. In our last journey, the 
conversation was all about the dominant showing of the Empire of Mouse's release of the Disney Plus service. In the time since, the Rebellion has seen some positives along the way. Services from rebellious outposts like NBC Universal, Warner Media, and the somewhat independent platform that is Quibi. So in this fine final or finale, the finally of the Stream Wars, hopefully, I will finish with a new showing on stream services and finally break down what is offered and how much is out there for those willing to cut the proverbial cord that is the cable company. I say hopefully because I would hate for far more streaming services to come out at later dates and then I would have to produce a terrible prequel and less than stellar sequels to the Stream War saga. No offense. So with the global pandemic still shaking our sense of normal, what are people doing? Streaming, of course. Binging shows, watching things, the new normal. Are Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and the others cutting it? Apparently not, because we have three new services to talk about in the Stream Wars, and uh, that's what I'm going to discuss and break down in this episode. After that, I'm going to give some statistics of where we stand in the Stream Wars and who is winning it, so to speak. Let's start with Quibi. Now, Quibi is short for Quick Bites. It was founded in August of 2018 as New TV by Jeffrey Katzenberg and is led by Meg Whitman, its CEO. In October of 2018, it was renamed to Quibi. The service targets a younger demographic with content delivered in 10-minute episodes called Quick Bites, with partnerships like Google, T-Mobile, Steven Spielberg, Anton Fakwa, Catherine Hackwick, and uh, sorry, Catherine Hardwick, and financial investors like Warner Media, Walt Disney Company, and other production companies. It's it's a chance for no specific company to dictate the app. And I like that. The partnership with T-Mobile will include the service being offered to all new T-Mobile customers, as Disney Plus has been for Verizon customers. Now, Quibi charges $4.99 for its service with ads and a $7.99 month for ad-free service. Its videos are kind of an eclectic mix, including long-form narratives distributed in short chapters, uh, reality programs, documentaries, and food shows, as well as daily news program from NBC News. In its first year, the service predicts to roll out 175 shows and 8,500 episodes. Everything will be designed with phones in mind, not television screens. For instance, uh, Spielberg's After Dark series will only appear on the service at night. Some aspects of what you watch will also change depending on how you hold your phone, horizontally or vertically. Um, although there is a chance to change entertainment forever, um, I feel like that is if it's successful. Uh, this is this is a gamble. You have to deliver it the right way, um, especially for Americans. <laughs> Uh, we do spend way more time on our phones than anywhere else. 
but that needs to be the driving force in marketing and what sells it. Make it personal. Only available on phones. Lean towards millennial and younger generations with what you put on the service. Uh, that way, it's almost an exclusivity to have it. Um, almost like Quibi was designed for you and you alone. Um, the scary part and the bigger gamble is, for instance, if you look at TikTok, yes, it's mobile, uh, driven for a younger audience, uh, but it relies on user-generated original content. Now, that's easy. That's free to obtain. Quibi will rely on and is mainly focused on quality productions, paying as much as $6 million an hour for long-form narrative content. Uh, the gamble is the gamble is long-term reach, um, long-term attention. What will keep people staying with the service for a long period of time? I don't know the answer to that. Um, if you gave me the company and the money, I mean, I would have my ideas, but. You know, especially in America, our attention spans are rather small. Um, I mean, what what do you do to keep it from being deleted after its uh, free trial or what have you? Um, or, uh, you know, after a few episodes of something. Uh, Especially with it being four ninety nine a month, that's just yeah, it's five dollars, but it's another five dollars tacked on to your your Netflix, your Hulu, your Disney Plus, your HBO Max, your Showtime, your so you gotta think about that. Um, so far, the the service has seen numbers that are putting them on track to signing close to two million subscriptions by April of twenty twenty one. However, the company had projected and we're planning on much bigger numbers. Their goal was to have 7.4 million by that date. And if you do the math, dear nerds, um, that's not looking so good. I hope it succeeds. I can honestly say I do not have it. Um, I am, you know, in the demographic they tried to reach out to uh, as a millennial, but... I, I I don't know. I just I have so many streaming services, and uh, there's there's maybe one thing that I would actually watch on Quiz, Quibi, um, and that's uh, Kevin Smith talked about it in his podcast. And they're talking about it's like the history of comic books or whatever. But that's pretty much the only thing. Once I'm done, I would delete it because I could get that done within the. I'm pretty sure they're offering a three month free subscription if you sign up. That's just nutty. Um, so let's move on to the Peacock. Uh, the name for this service comes from NBC's famous logo and mascot, which has been used since 1956. Um, Peacock offers multiple tiers of service, including a free limited access plan, Peacock Premium, and an all-inclusive plan for around $5 a month with ads, and Peacock Premium Plus, an all-inclusive plan without ads, for about $10 a month. So again, that's more prices you have to add to your already streaming bill. Uh, Peacock Free offers 
thousands of hours of programming, sure. Uh, some of that including next day uh, access to current episodes of first-year NBC shows, movies from Universal Studios, DreamWorks, Daily News, sports shows, and uh, other curated content. The big catch, though, that comes with the free tier is that only select episodes of original shows developed by NBC are available. So they're kind of saying you get what you pay for. If you're going to go the free route, we're not giving you everything. Um, You also don't have uh, access to uh, NBC's network content on the free version of Peacock. So that's also kind of a a slap to those who want to take the free route. Uh, Peacock Free offers thousands of hours of programming, including next day access to current episodes. Um, You know, you don't have... The network content, I think, is a huge thing. Uh, The next day thing is great, but how many other streaming services do that? Um, Beyond price, the big question for most viewers is what they can expect to watch. Now, initially, the 2020 Olympics were supposed to be a big part of the Peacock launch. Those plans were a bit derailed, were they not? Um, there were no 2020 Olympics. Uh, so that kind of took away the uh, the driving force behind Peacock. Um, maybe the fact that it was postponed till 2021 will help their 2021 sales. Uh, but that remains to be seen. Of course, the network still has you know plenty of other enjoyable content for viewers. Uh, it's airing many popular shows, past and present here, including Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, as well as some dramas like Law and Order, Friday Night Lights, and Downtown Abbey. Um, still, uh, some of those are on other streaming devices, so... The slate of former blockbuster films include franchises like Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, and The Fast and the Furious. Uh, The perk of premium membership is early access to NBC's late-night talk shows. Tonight's show, starring Jimmy Fallon, streams early on the Peacock at 8 p.m., followed by Late Night with Seth Meyers at 9 p.m. So that means uh, if you are fans of those shows and you've been staying up late just to catch them, it is a, a positive to have the premium because you could get them early and get to bed earlier. That's not a bad perk, but like I said, premium's about $10 a month. Unfortunately, only a few of Peacock's original shows were available on launch date uh, this past April, but more original content has been released since then. Two of the most anticipated upcoming shows uh, are the reboots of Saved by the Bell, starring uh, Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkley, and Punky Brewster, Reboot, which stars Soleil Moon Fry as an adult version of Punky. Um, some other new shows uh, that have either recently been released or coming soon uh, to the Peacock uh, include Brave New World with Demi Moore and Dr. Death with Alec Baldwin and uh, Jamie Dornan and Christian Slater. Um, there are some comedies uh, like Rutherford Falls. Um, I, I 
comedy pilot coming out called Straight Tight. Straight Talk with Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Of course, if you have Tina Fey, you have to have Amy Poehler in there. Um, there is a lot of star power um, attached to the Peacock, and that's great. But like I've said, and like I've kind of laid out, you know, with 2020 Olympics being postponed, that was one of your driving day one launch date stuff that would make people buy early and stay for the stuff that I just talked about. If if you don't have anything that's driving your day one purchases, it is don't you think that people are just going to wait until that stuff comes out to get it? So it's going to hurt your first quarter performance, if you're asking me. Um, now, if you're wondering what will happen to all the NBC shows that are currently streaming on Hulu, those shows will remain on that service for now. Uh, they have had a streaming partnership with Hulu for many years. Uh, the Comcast NBC Universal made a deal with Disney, uh, who is the majority owner of Hulu now, to give Disney full control of the content with the stipulation that NBC, NBC shows could air on Hulu and Peacock at the same time. Now, when that deal expires in two years, uh, I'd say it, they'll either renegotiate uh, or could just potentially remove all NBC content from Hulu at that point, which that also makes you think, should Peacock have waited for that contract? Then you would have more things to drive your sale. You would have like, hey, come to Peacock. All these things are off of Hulu now, but guess who has it? Us. We've got Friday Night Lights. We've got Parks and Rec. Blah, blah, blah. Exclusive rights. Kind of like HBO Max did with Friends and uh, Fresh Prince. So, I would have waited. I know that with a pandemic happening, you kind of want to jump on this, this, this train early in the pandemic to try to get as much money out of people who are staying home. But I just think business-wise, it would have been better to wait when you have when you had more content to offer exclusively. Because it that's what it all comes down to, nerds. And and as nerds, we know that, especially in the gaming world, what makes you buy a PlayStation or an Xbox is the exclusive games, not the games that cross-platform. Those aren't the games that you buy, that you that you use to drive your purchase decision on which game to which game system get to get your console choice is always based off exclusives same thing these days with streaming choices it will be based off of exclusives um and you know you might ask yourself you know is should i add another streaming service is it worth it um peacock does have a a price point that is attractive um Falls in love with some of the other streaming services. Um, for instance, Hulu's basic tier it, with ads is around $6 a month. Uh, and it's without ads, it's just shy of $12 a month. Now, Hulu's parent company, Disney, bundles Hulu with Disney Plus and ESPN Plus for a discount-worthy price of just under $13 a month. Otherwise, Disney Plus runs around $7 a month and ESPN Plus $6. So then you start to add all these price points together. Some would say that you're getting pretty close to a cable bill. Uh, this isn't including Netflix, Showtime, AMC, 
and let's not forget, HBO Max, which we will get to when 30 and 30 Podcast returns. Need a commercial? How about a professional video for your upcoming event or production? Let the coolest cats in town take care of you. The professionals of Freddy Cat Productions have the knowledge, ability, and experience to serve all your visual marketing needs. They offer feature films, documentaries, corporate videos, commercials, music videos, and weddings. You can reach Freddy Cat Productions at 423-231-2839 or at freddycatproductions.com. Meanwhile, back at 30 and nerdy. Welcome back, Nerdskis. Let's continue the show and move on to one of my favorite additions to the services, HBO Max. Now, HBO Max is an AT&T Warner Media on-demand streaming service that released back in May. It is based on Warner Media's HBO Premium TV service and includes all of its programming plus a range of additional original programming and library content from all parts of WarnerMedia, as well as third-party content providers from which WarnerMedia bought streaming rights. According to AT&T, HBO Max has generated 4.1 million activated subscribers by the end of June 2020, 1.1 million of whom get free access through HBO Pay, TV subscriptions that they already have. There are at least 21 million additional HBO Pay TV customers whose subscriptions make them eligible for free access to HBO Max, but who had not activated the service yet. So they should get on that. Um, HBO Max was uh, formed under Wonder Media's entertainment division, then headed by Robert Greenblatt, uh, Kevin Riley, president of Warner Media Entertainment Networks, which includes most of the company's ad-supported entertainment channels such as TBS, TNT, and True TV, was also given the role of chief content officer of HBO Max, which gives him responsibility for the original programming and library content. Um, he's not doing such a bad job, I think, given time. Uh, we'll see even better things. Uh, wish I had that job, because, ooh, there's some things that need to be put on there, like, ASAP. Andy, uh, Forsell is named services executive vice president and general manager while still reporting to Otter Media, CEO Tony Gonclaves, who, who leads the development. So, they've added a bunch of people, um, and kind of reshuffled, uh, HBO, people, Warner Media people, just for this uh, specific s- streaming service. Um, uh, I think one that they added was, if I remember seeing this right, was um, they kind of reshuffled, uh, I think her name's Casey, Casey Blois, yeah. Uh, She's the programming president of HBO. Uh, She actually is... uh, um, They've kind of retained her to work some on Max, um, even though she was not initially involved involved in uh, Max-exclusive programming. Um, August 
2020, Warner Media announced a major restructuring under new president Jason Kilar, uh, which uh, he described as leaning into the great moment of change uh, towards the direct-to-consumer service. As a result, Greenblatt and Riley both left the company, and Warner Media Entertainment was dissolved with programming operations combined with Warner Brothers. And new studios and networks group under that studio CEO and Sarnoff. Blois was then given full programming oversight of HBO and HBO Max, as well as Riley's other previous responsibilities, reporting to Sarnoff. Forsell became the head of a new HBO Max operating business unit, reporting directly to Kyler. So, a lot of restructuring just for this individual stream service. Um, and I think there was a lot of restructuring in Warner Media at the time, which is, you know, why we got things like uh, what's been going on at DC and out of Warner Brothers in general. So uh, Warner Media indicated that the service would have 10,000 hours of content at launch, including first run and library content from HBO, including original series, documentaries, and special. And content from the company's other brands and networks. Uh, Warner Media stated that the service would have over 2,000 films available at launch, including HBO's existing pay television rights that are sourced from studios, including sister company Warner Brothers Pictures, Universal's Pictures, and 20th Century Studios. The latter two have uh, respective output deals with HBO until 2022. Uh, films from 20th Century will likely move to Disney Plus and Hulu once this deal is expired. While future rights to Universal Films are still kind of up for negotiation um, despite the launch of Peacock, I'd say that negotiation will be based off Peacock's success. Uh, as with HBO's existence streaming platforms, HBO Go and HBO Now, um, HBO Max is not expected to include feeds of HBO's linear cable channels, nor is it expected to include any content uh, from Cinemax, which will uh, concurrently wind down its original programming efforts as Warner Media relocates its programming investments to HBO Max. Um, AT&T Chairman and CEO Randall Stevenson has not ruled out adding live content from Turner Sports in the future, such as NBA on TNT, Major League Baseball on TBS, and NCAA March Madness. Um, this is a possibility that AEW could show up on the service, which I would absolutely enjoy. I think that's one thing that they need to jump on. Game of Thrones, Pretty Little Liars, exclusive rights to Friends and Fresh Prince. HBO Max is making waves with its library. Uh, that doesn't include popular old and new content for Warner Brothers like Joker, A Star is Born, and Watch the Watchmen series. If you're a Big Bang Theory fan... It's there. The millions of dollars that they shelled out to acquire exclusive rights to shows like Friends and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air has opened them up to reunion options, which they are doing. Both Friends and Fresh Prince are going to be airing reunion specials on the service with original casts returning. The biggest drive for me, uh, as someone who didn't own any other HBO products, uh, is the Game of Thrones series being available day one? Um, other HBO 
titles that I normally could not watch, like Westworld and Barry, are there as well. Um, now I can watch HBO content and other Warner Brothers content with one app. So, as predicted, DC content has become very heavy in the app, with more on its way as Warner Media slowly fades DC Universe into the HBO Max service, which is obviously smart and cost-cutting for them at the same time, and everyone saw that coming once DC Universe dropped, and then mere weeks later they announced there will be an HBO Max. Everyone knew that was coming. So, some of the original content HBO Max will have are shows like brand new Looney Tunes cartoons, Raised by Wolves, the Gossip Girl reboot, Justice League Dark series. They're doing a Grease movie, Rise of the Pink Ladies. Um, and West Wing, Fresh Prince, and Friends are all getting reunion specials. Um, and there's just a lot. There is a lot. So, this is the service to add, in my opinion. Um... What I ask myself when picking a service is, can I get some of these things anywhere else? If not, I get it. HBO Max has so much and more on the way when it comes to exclusives. So I say pull the cord and start streaming with this one now. For two words only. Lovecraft Country. If you haven't seen it, you bloody well better watch it. Fantastic show. HBO Max. Um, you should check it out. So, and I would jump on this now because the right now they're doing a deal for new subscribers. Um, they're doing a uh, kind of a pandemic deal. They've lowered their price for people to to sign up new, and uh, that which will only help their numbers. So, I say jump on it. HBO Max has got original content that'll drive you and keep you there. It's got old content, and if you're a DC person, that's where the DC stuff is going to. Um, you'll see less DC on Hulu and Netflix now that Disney owns it, and it's all got to go somewhere. It's not going to Netflix. It's not going to the Peacock, obviously. It's going to Warner Media. It's going to HBO Max. Uh, also, as well as that, I talked about it in the DC Fandemonium event, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League will only be shown on HBO Max. That's another reason alone you should get it. You'll you'll get it for that, and you'll stay for things like Lovecraft Country. Um, so, I want to talk a little bit about the stats. Um, and as nerds, we love stats. So, here's where we stand as of right now. So I'm going to list some current numbers as best I can. If I miss something, please let me know. Uh, and some of these numbers are from as late as last month. So let's let's see what the pandemic has done for streaming services. Um, and these are in no particular order. So Netflix has got 193 million paid subscribers. That's up 26 million since the first of this year. Thank you, pandemic. Hulu has 35.5 million paid subscriptions. Um, that's up 3 million since last quarter. Disney Plus has over 50 million paid subscription. That's as of April 2020. Um, Amazon Prime, 64.8 million paid subscriptions. 46.3 million of that is in the U.S. alone. Um, so we make up 
far more than half as a country. Uh, Apple TV, over 33 million subscribers, but a huge majority of them are on free trials through new iPhones. Peacock numbers are not available as of right now. Um, Quibi only managed to convert a little under 10% of its early wave of users into paid subscribers. Um, according to the firm's new report on Quibi's early growth, the short-form video platform signed up to 910,000 users in its first few days back in April. Um, of those users, only about 72,000 stuck around after their three-month free trial, indicating the app had about an 8% conversion rate. Uh, Showtime and CBS All Access with a combined 10 million subscribers. Showtime and CBS All Access are on track to have a combined 25 million by 2022. Uh, ESPN Plus 7.9 million paid subscriptions. Uh, many of those are packaged with the Disney Plus Hulu trio combo. Um, and I gave you, I will repeat the numbers for HBO Max here. Uh, as of June 2020, um, HBO Max garnered over 4.1 million activated subscribers and um, only 1.1 um, million of those had them uh, had free access through a different HBO since they had a different HBO app. So those are your stats, nerds. Uh, please, if you can find some that I've not found, if some of them have updated, uh, let me know, 30nerdypod at gmail.com. They are rough, and I uh, found another one here, and this is sad, and this is why it should just, um, it should just dissolve into HBO Max. So, DC Universe has less than 50,000 paid subscriptions. Time to go ahead and go into the HBO Max library with, with the DC content. Just get rid of that stream. Because uh, that's an $8 a month. It's not worth it if that's all that's going to happen eventually. So that's uh, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles, Nerdskies. That's, that's about it for that. Um, before we close out this show, let's get another word from one of our sponsors. Ashley Lodge Photography is the place to go if you want an original, fun, and creative photo shoot. A true variety junkie, Ashley's main focus is bringing out all the personalities and vibrant colors that make your life unique. Specializing in commercial and dance photography, Ashley Lodge has 15 years of professional experience and is available for any type of photo shoot. Weddings, Headshots, seniors and newborns. Ashley has the passion and creativity to offer clients a truly one-of-a-kind experience. Clients enjoy photo shoots in a professional commercial studio located in downtown Morristown, Tennessee, as well as anywhere else on planet Earth. Seriously, Earth is pretty huge, so dream big. Ashley is ready to leap into any amazing art that you, your family, your company, or dance studio is inspired to create. If you mention 30 and Nerdy Podcast, you will receive 20% off. Check out www.ashleylodgephotography.com to get inspired 
and book your next photo shoot. All right, nerds, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of our Patreon supporters uh, who have chosen to support the show continuing throughout the pandemic. Uh, it helps with a lot. It helps with things like, obviously, podcasts are hosted at a host site, and that is not free. Uh, it is free at some, but you're only allowed like two hours. And trust me, podcast hosts do not do two hours of content in one month. We're doing 12, 15, 18, 20 hours a month. So thank you to Patreon supporters. That helps with that bill for the show. Um, if you're interested in being a Patreon supporter uh, and want to know more about what your money goes towards as a Patreon supporter, please reach out to me, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. You become a Patreon supporter uh, your first month. Uh, after joining, you are sent an exclusive uh, nerd package that comes with a bunch of 30 and Nerdy Podcast swag, uh, as well as you get behind-the-scenes exclusive looks at like the calendar month following this one that will be posted uh, soon on Patreon for anyone wanting to know what's coming up in October. Uh, you will also get special episodes like the Starting Very Soon Titans Tuesdays. Um and, of course, with Mandalorian coming out soon, there'll be Mandalorian Mondays. Uh, and that will be Patreon-exclusive content. Uh, so please uh, go to patreon.com, look up 30 and Nerdy Podcast, and uh, consider becoming a patron uh, for all the extra stuff you get that you don't get on normal podcast platforms. Another shout-out to all of my Podchaser crew. Uh, if you go to podchaser.com, Look up the playlists, Pod Nation and the Apodalypse. I'll spell that for you, T-H-E-A-P-O-D-A-L-Y-P-S-E. We are part of those two groups. There are tons of other independent podcasts in that group that you need to check out. Uh, huge shout out to them for including us, for sharing our stuff, for, for subscribing. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, also, a huge shout out to the other groups we're a part of, Alternate Reality Radio and the Legion of Independent Podcasts. Thank you for including us. Thank you for the shares, the interaction on Twitter. Um, being a, a fresh place to go for conversation during the pandemic, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, check out some of those shows on podchaser.com. Subscribe to them. Give them a rating. Tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you. Um, while you're listening to this, I hope you will give it a rating and a review, uh, especially if you're on iTunes, uh, wherever you cast your pod. Uh, if you can, please give a rating and a review and, uh, let me know what you want to hear. You know, uh, our, our next episode will kick off the next line of, uh, DC Fandemonium, uh, because as of recording this, the next event is... For DC Fandom is tomorrow, and it is a 24-hour event again, and I am very, very excited. Can't wait to discuss some of that stuff with you. Tune in to the bonus episodes with the Rev himself. 30 and Nerdy Podcast presents The Road So Far. Um, those first two episodes are out right now. Uh, check them out. Follow along with us. Watch the show. Rewatch the show if you've seen it. We're gearing up, getting clo very close as the days go by to the very final episodes of Supernatural, and I never, 
I knew that it would end one day, but then you you blink and you're in 15 years and it's it's ending. So it's kind of it's it's bittersweet. It's had a great run. Um, so thank you. Uh, that's it for me this week. If you want to give me a shout out, you know where to find me. Uh, stay kind to one another, no matter what walk of life people are come from. Uh, please be kind. Love your neighbor. Uh, mask up. Uh, wash your hands. Stay sanitized. I've been your Duke of Nerds. Y'all have been beautiful. DJ Mike Howie, take us home. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Brought to you by Ashley Lodge Photography, Freddy Cat Productions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Advertising Expressions. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow along with the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation at PodChaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.